0: Welcome to the Inner Loop Radio. I'm Timothy Denevi. For today's episode, I'd like to focus a bit on memory. Recently, I've been thinking again about um, one of my favorite quotes. Thinking about it in the confusion of the present and the difficulties that we're all facing. Within the way that time seems to be changing around us um, and passing at different rates. As Civil unrest and political collapse and, um, you know, life-changing news um, continues to kind of, you know, buffet us from all sides. And so the quote is by the writer William Maxwell. And so you may know he was the um, fiction editor at The New Yorker for a long time. And as a fiction writer, he often worked within the space between, um, you know, memoir, what he experienced, what he knew. And um, just beyond the boundaries of what he couldn't possibly understand or um, viably tell us. And in his book, So Long See You Tomorrow, he does a wonderful job of trying to recreate a moment from his childhood and giving you all the information he can find either through research or through personal experience and reaching this um, boundary to what he can't know. And he um, basically explains that like a trick of cards, he asks the uh, reader to... um, You know, allow him to fictionalize the events as he imagines they might have happened. And then you get about 30 or 40 pages of a novel, um, of a fictionalized account of what may or may not have happened in his hometown before he returns again to the kind of more memoiristic first-person narrative. Um, It's a beautiful book. I recommend you check it out. So Long, See You Tomorrow by William Maxwell. The quote is from um, the first 30 pages, and it goes like this. Um, Maxwell writes, I seem to remember that I went through the new house that he was going to move into one winter day and saw snow descending through the attic, the upstairs bedrooms. But it could also be that I never did any such thing, for I am fairly certain that in a snapshot album I have lost track of, there is a picture of the house taken taken in the circumstances I have just described. And it is possible that I am remembering that rather than an actual experience. What we or at any rate, what I, refer to confidentially as memory, meaning a moment, a scene, a fact, that has been subjected to a fixative and thereby rescued from oblivion, is really a form of storytelling that goes on continually in the mind and often changes with the telling. Too many conflicting emotional interests are involved for life to ever be wholly acceptable, and possibly it is the work of the storyteller to rearrange things. That they conform to this end. In any case, in talking about the past, we lie with every breath we draw. And so each semester, um, I teach nonfiction in the MFA program at George Mason. Each semester, I like to do a first memory writing exercise with my students. I think it'd be a good one for us to do today. Basically, it goes like this Please write about one of your earliest memories. How can you take the details of this memory? the imagery and setting embedded within it and dramatize again from your current point of view, what the past you was experiencing, feeling, and thinking. Feel free to talk about what you don't remember or what you find confusing or what doesn't make sense all these years later, looking back, but do your best to tell the story. The goal is to move along the double perspective of what you knew then and what you see now. Um, Personally, I was first given this exercise about a decade ago when I was getting my own m f a in a great class with uh writer Patricia Foster, whose work you should check out if you have a chance um, She's a fantastic memoirist. My response to it ended up um, becoming in a sense the beginning of my uh first project, which was a memoir um titled Hyper and I was starting to work on that at the time and so unfortunately, I've lost this initial response and um well, this is a little bit against the rules. Um, I figured that what well, with our ongoing societal collapse, that it's not the actual end of the world, which we seem to understand in a better sense these days. Um, if I read uh, the passage that, um, from the book that eventually came out of this exercise, um, and so this then is you know what the eventual result of this exercise was and how it um, appeared in my first book, uh, which was a memoir Hyper. It's late afternoon. Suddenly evening, the shadows in dense fingers along the wall. As if in a dream, the color begins to drain from the wallpaper. The door is gauzy, carpet and substantial Puzzle pieces litter the floor like flat, monstrous teeth. Or maybe not. In truth, the details are a blur. For minutes, I've been standing near the door, sobbing, screaming, the world reduced to darkness and light beneath the thing I feel. Northern California, nineteen eighty four I'm five years old. It's my very first complete memory. I was having dinner with my parents and one-year-old sister and refused when asked to give something up. A toy car, a baseball card doesn't matter. I was ordered from the kitchen and into my room. All I needed to do was serve the timeout. But the memory never changes. What I wanted is gone. I lost it forever. And perhaps the last identifiable emotion is something deeper than anger, a sense of desperation akin to homesickness. There's no way back to the place I just left. Later, standing in the middle of my room, I'm voiceless, tense, my face briny with sweat. There's pain. I've been dragging the corner of a building block across my chest, still in my fist, the color of sand. I drop it, look up. As if for the first time, I see them, my parents. They're enormous. My father, Mike, his dark hair on the slope of his neck and shoulders, mustache. He's crouching, trying to catch my eye. Timmy, he shouts. For an instant, they seem like strangers, a reflection. I feel a terrifying crush of loneliness, something I hate to recall even now. But I'm not the only one in the room who's been shouting. My mother, Patty, is sitting next to him. Her cheeks thinly drawn, as if she's been attempting to speak the entire time. Her eyes are small and bright, huge lashes. She's crying. And like that, the tantrum is over. The room is measured and still. Once again, I'm me, a skinny, sensitive boy who can be bargained with. You know, and so when I went to do this exercise for the first time, really the imagery I had was the color of the room. It's it's blue light, the blinds, and that moment of kind of coming back into my own body of awareness of my parents. And from there, I began to move outward and place it with that fixative that Maxwell talks about with narrative um, into a recreation of how the past me uh, saw the world. And even though it's something I remember or something that happened to me, it is in a sense like writing fiction. When we... Write about how the past us, how the past version of us once felt and once experienced the world, simply because we don't feel that and experience that anymore, even though we do remember it in the same way. Um, And so I hope all of you are doing well in quarantine. It has been, in a word, difficult when it comes to writing regularly. I tend to trick myself into um, focusing as much as I can. I'm currently working on a book about Robert Kennedy. A non-fiction narrative that dramatizes the last seven years um, last seven days of his life during his fight for the Democratic presidential nomination this was in 1968 California and you know to immerse myself in the world of that time so to speak I found myself taking rather extreme steps each morning regarding my media intake which could include turning off the internet all other devices etc and you know I, it helps as much as anything does um, I've also tried to been trying to immerse myself in the images and material of the world from that time. I'm um, watching old news footage, looking through oral histories from the John F. Kennedy Presidential Library, um, you know, and, and anything else I can do to leave the blare of this present while also taking with me the lens through which I'm seeing the past, which is everything we're experiencing now. Um, one thing I've been doing to try to um, immerse myself again in that time is to also rewatch television shows, and movies from that time period. Um, recently, I viewed again The Graduate, which was shot that year. You know, and I watched Rosemary's Baby for the very first time, which I guess is another story in itself altogether, regarding memory and reality in the past. And, you know, perhaps this is as good a place as any for us to end the podcast today. Find out more about The Inner Loop. Check out theinnerloop.org. I'm Timothy Danetti for The Inner Loop Radio.